Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to another episode on the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. Today's guest is an author, recording artist, and entrepreneur with a master's degree in culture and creation spirituality and a concentration in art as meditation. Gabriela Masala is a coach, facilitator, and consultant who integrates holistic energetic healing and universal wisdom with contemplative expressive arts and energy medicine. Serving clients from decades of experience along with her husband, Solomon Masala, Gabriela is founding partner of Source Consulting Group, employing creativity, including art, yoga, dance, meditation, movement, nature, and adventure as a catalyst for transformation. In addition to all of that, Gabriela has a 13-year-old daughter, Talia, who is very fortunate to be homeschooled in full creative and artistic freedom. Welcome, Gabriela. Thank you. Great to be here. What a fun introduction. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, what a fun life you live. Yeah. And you have so many um, aspects of your business that we won't get to cover like all of in this one hour, but let's just start with how you got started on your journey. Oh, great question. From a very early age, probably like both of you, I was just lit up with anything I could get my hands on that was metaphysical, esoteric, um, had a very, from an early age, strong, <clears throat> pardon me, little frog in my throat, a strong connection to spirit, to the divine, just felt very strongly guided and passionate. So from an early age, there's been a sense of purpose to follow that which lights me up and feels like an innate calling, a heart calling. So uh, gosh, everything I could get my hands on around spirituality and embodiment. Uh, at an early age, embodiment of the question of what in the wholeness of our potential. Hey, Gabriela, one moment. We just, um, you froze up for okay. a minute here. And yeah, so I'm not sure if it's your end or ours. Okay. But we're gonna, let's just, uh, could you read, we missed that last like two sentences, if you could recap that. Uh, uh-oh, okay, hang on, let's pause okay, it. Okay, Okay, back from our technical glitches. <laughs> So continuing, Gabriela. Right. So besides the uh, very early connection to uh, just being in love with the magic of life, the awe and wonder of life, and feeling like I want to follow that. And so as I continue to follow that inner love, I'm going to call it a love story, is really what, what has led me into this work. Um, I started delving into dance uh, with real focus in Brazilian and West African dance, community dance, um, ecstatic dance, yoga, Zen meditation, shamanism. I mean, everything I could get my hands on in practice, right? Not just in theory and reading books, but in body. And um, and then as a professional, as I became a young adult, into women's work, women's circles, using the voice to wake us up, using the body to come into greater connection, the power of the natural world, right? So just a series of following my passions and doors opening and saying yes to life led me to this, you know, beautiful place where at almost in my early 20s after a Um, a four-year degree in journalism and creative writing and world spirituality to dive into a focused master's study with um, amazing luminaries like Starhawk, who's an Eastern 
uh, witch who is actually teaching, you know, spellcraft and being in touch with the elementals, with Brian Swim, who is a bri uh, brilliant physicist who turned me on to the love story of the universe, of the cosmos, of the living cosmos, the quantum cosmos. Um, amazing. Uh, Luminary teachers who were focused on what are the elements of creation in all spiritualities around the world, in all religions, what do we all do that brings us into unity and wholeness as a family, a planetary family. And so that's where my dive into creativity as a form of meditation, as a form of communion, and as a way of lighting up to the wholeness of what each of us is here to do as a soul being. And um, so from that place, after I launched uh, with my master's degree in creation spirituality, that really just was a trail of lights, following my heart, opening doors, deepening in yoga, deepening in dance, deepening in what it is to fully come online as a whole being, to light up this circuitry of this amazing, you know, we're, we are these living magic wands, these living uh, magical spaceships really and that creative energy is that fuel that when we're expressing our creativity we are in communion with the creator and the creative force and so as a divine creator I just kept asking the question what's possible what's possible and the doors kept opening fantastic well what an incredible opportunity at university to go into that avenue yeah. i mean I, we didn't even know devani and i were remarking that we didn't even know such masters options existed or to be right. focused to focus on art uh, as meditation so like what university and how was that made available to you great question um it is of course in california of all places, right? And it's since then switched uh, to the Sophia Institute, but at the time it was the Institute for Culture and Creation Spirituality. And it was founded by Matthew Fox, who's actually a defrocked Dominican uh, monk and scholar who just started to get very revolutionary and uh, a little bit too revolutionary for the church. But he was the founder, along with a, a beautiful priest, Jim Collin, and um, they brought together a faculty of, uh, of Louisa Tish, a priestess in the Yoruban Nigerian tradition and Starhawk, as I mentioned, and um, Brian Swim and Jeremy Taylor, who was a Jungian dream therapist and brilliant psychologist who's no longer in the body. MC Richards, who was an amazing potter and artist of uh, creativity as the meditation and spiritual path. So lots of these beautiful, luminaries that were brought together to provide really a master's degree that were primarily so i was in my early 20s uh, but most of my classmates in my graduating class were monks and nuns and therapists and so i had this very eclectic opportunity uh, to dive in and do this deep work that again is really about connecting each of us as creators to roots of who we are, why we're here, and how we can bring forth our greatest gifts to contribute to our human family. Right. It almost sounds like a creative slash spiritual think tank experience where you have all these brilliant teachers coming and just letting you experience creativity and awaken your creativity and spirituality almost together. Yes. Yes, indeed, and a very embodied experience and a very experiential journey where it lights up uniquely in each of us. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we won't have another interruption. We have a FedEx delivery truck that just showed up. <laughs> barring any dog alarms or uh, needing for signature, we'll continue until any of that might happen. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to know so much more about your journey as a child into young adulthood, but we want to also um, be respectful of our audience's particular interest. So maybe we'll touch back in at the end if we have a chance to talk about what happened when you were 11 and how it is that, you know, what, whether you were exposed to all these things as a child and like what your family life was like. But for now, let's stick to the entrepreneurial journey. Like, like you said, you know, you a lot creator of doors, journey. a creator journey a lot of doors open for you but when you get out of university or college or the educational institution uh with that phenomenal degree 
where do you go? What do you do? So, you know, just give us maybe like a sum, summation of where you started and then a focus on what are, let us know what it is that you're focused on today um, in your entrepreneurial journey as a creative. You bet. Wonderful. So after I graduated with this very far out degree, I went on to accept the position managing a retreat center called Rainbow Ranch in Calistoga, California, which is no longer around, but it was a magical time where I was able to be a liaison with all of these brilliant groups and group facilitators that were coming in to use the retreat center. And that's where I really fell in love with the magic of what happens on retreats and the deep, intensive, creative and contemplative and transformation that can happen in these incubators. And it's through there that I made many contacts in the world of mind-body, transformation, spirituality, and then a door opened that took me to a job at the Deepak Chopra Center for Well-Being. Wow. I became a mind-body educator and an Ayurvedic chef and was creative uh, assistant to the creative director there. So that was great. Again, many ripples out, opened many doors. That was where I met my primary uh, yoga teacher who I studied with intensely for many years. And so that path opened up and I began to teach yoga, um, continued dancing all the while, devouring everything I could to just grow, to have a passionate, alive experience of being a creative being. And um, so a lot of the masteries that I have now have been just following many paths, as you know, right? We are all infinite creative beings. And then over time, there were so many tools. So I feel like I have this treasure trove. So if we were to fast forward um, after teaching and doing lots of retreats, worked at Canyon Ranch Resort and Spa for many years, started guiding retreats in Costa Rica and Japan. So just following that trail of lights. And now, present day, I have a beautiful home practice where I see clients one-on-one. -on -one. I have many clients that I see on Skype or over the phone. I have many women's groups, both in movement, in singing, uh, as a pathway to awakening, and continue to teach retreats and special events, really wherever I'm invited all over the country and world, and have been able to take, it's as if many paths came together, and now the creative work that I offer as an entrepreneur is Gabriella Masala, you know, and I show up with whoever's in front of me, whether it's a group or an individual, and get out of the way so that I can really serve each person to ultimately direct them home to their own deepest knowing and their own sovereignty so that there isn't any sense of needing someone outside to, uh, to reflect back to us the divine being we already are inside. It's really, most of my work is about empowering women mostly to reclaim their voices, to embody their wholeness, and to just shine out their gifts in their own unique way. That's beautiful. As you were talking, it, the metaphor that came to mind is that of a quilt. We have an, in our creators group, a number of people who are interested in quilting, for instance, amongst all other creative outlets. Mm -hmm. um, and they show photos of how the quilt starts out as fragments and pieces, you know, and then it's pulled together around a kind of a theme. You know, so your theme is spiritualism and universal wisdom and love and nature um, and, you know, the arts, essentially. And so that's like the color theme or the canvas, you know, but, but then all the pieces end up being put together in a beautiful fashion that then goes on to um, bring beauty, bring like delight to others, as well as warming you and your family. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's something that can, you know, you've synthesized all the pieces into a wonderful whole. Definitely. Yeah, it's a tapestry. I love that. Yeah. image. It reminds me of the flower of life image you have in the background, mm -hmm. too. It's just all the little circles. It's really just a bunch of circles that are creating the flower lotus shape that makes it so like looks magnificent, but it's really just basic circles that come together and create this awesome shape. And just yeah. all the different paths you've taken and experience that like, hey, if I can do this and express myself in a million and one different ways, so can you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, indeed. I am not special. This is equal opportunity for all of us to light up and, and follow those inspirations.
So yeah. of all the things, as you know, with all of that, um, one of the, you know, the joys and also potentially the, the obstacles or struggles for creatives is that we love so many different things and we have so many ideas that can lead us, you know, in so many different directions. And on the one hand, it can be all connected if we're able to keep it intact enough to connect it through our outer mm -hmm. life endeavors. Um, so of all the things that you're doing, you know, are there any, what are the few things that you focus on most that produce the most results for you as an entrepreneur? That's a great question. And um, I'm going to bow really to, to the mystery and to that unique spark in each one of us. Uh, because I do feel, I've, I've seen it, as I'm sure you both have, that there's sometimes someone who, you know, painting portraits, like that is their jam and that's what they do. Whereas for me, my innate spark is multiplicity. So I couldn't leave out the piece of, of dance and having workshops that are focused around um, the embodiment, authentic movement, ecstatic dance. I couldn't leave out the piece of voice and song and sacred ceremony and song. Uh, so that's where Everyday Magnificent, my book was really, the latest book was really formed from this place of, of tapping infinite forms of creativity so that ultimately the whole life, where I'm happiest and where my focus is most powerful is when my whole life is, is the creative act, where life is art, where I'm tending as much to my daughter and, and supporting her in her creative life and her development as I am to my garden out in the yard and what's growing there and where my hands are in the dirt as much as they're at the computer, keeping up the entrepreneurial world. Um, and ultimately, if I had to say two areas of focus this year, because there is the power of bringing things all the way through. Yeah, right. right? Especially as a creative and entrepreneur. So whether it's getting that, um, that book published or completing a, a show, a choreography for a show and having a performance. And um, so right now I'd say that the two main threads this year that I'm focused on are the Everyday Magnificent Book process trainings. I really have a dream of training as many facilitators as possible around the country and world so that it can become normalized that we are all poets, artists, dancers, singers, creatives. So that that can be like 101 for elementary school on up through the power of how that can support people in recovery or in um, health. And so that's one dream that I'm really focused on. The other is the song carriers work. And uh, the song carriers work is a beautiful tradition that was born in Santa Fe through one of my mentors, Madi Sato. And it is, a, it is work of singing and ceremony and prayer with women as a way to restructure our own molecular structure and up-level and transform to be midwives of the new paradigm. And then also to purify the, the waters of the earth, to uplift, it's, it's the personal prayer that becomes the collective prayer. And it's very powerful work. And that's been a big focus for me right now to pass on the song carrier's work. Mm. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more about Song Carrier then and what that means. Sure. Um, so Song Carriers, for those that wanted to learn more right from the source, they would go to www.praisingearth.org and they would find uh, Rerooting Oral Traditions, the work of Madi Sato, amazing sister. And uh, this work was born from the calling that uh, at this time on our planet right now, there are so many opportunities to wake up, to unify, and that the power of sacred song and prayer has really, talk about creation spirituality, everywhere around the world, people gather to sing and to lift up the field, to lift up the energy with prayer, not from the place of I want, but from the place more of the First Nations or indigenous perspective of already done of giving thanks and being in the frequency of gratitude for the answered prayer, praying it forward. And so Madi in her Cherokee upbringing and indigenous Japanese roots started to follow her calling of collecting songs from the grandmothers um, and then also collecting songs from some of the other elders that are songs for, uh, for uplifting, for maintaining the harmony on the earth 
and, and with the star nation energy as well. And also reweaving at these times where we're really at, you know, such an exciting time to be alive, as you both know, and uh, that how we show up to it, the energy, the love, the, the song, so that our songs, especially in mother tongues that are not English or Latin based, but in some of the indigenous tongues, they are alchemy, right? So when, when the women gather and sing, energy transforms and that's collective. So that's it a little of it transforms and also it uh, synchronizes brainwaves, right? Uh, our own and then that with each other. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really powerful that, as you indicated, has been done through cultures, ancient cultures, all through the, the ages. Um, so that's phenomenal. And now, I think it's really cool because it helps bring, like, it's hard to, uh, in today's world that's so modern and fast-paced, it's like, where are the traditions of calm? <laughs> and the traditions of just like coming together as communities and just celebrating life and just calmness and like living in the moment like we don't have those key traditions necessarily anymore because everything's like so moving forward constantly and so it's just like celebrating the quietness a little bit oh definitely and, and I'm a lover of chant for that reason that song and chant just brings us into the present moment and it goes in it, it goes beyond time. It brings mm -hmm. us into deep presence. And that's yeah. what like art as meditation, you know, we talk a lot about that a lot with our creators community mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. as well. Could you talk to that, speak to that? Art as meditation? Sure. Uh, I love the perspective that art can be for the deep process of nourishment and drinking from the source um, and not always product oriented of creating for the public as much as that just the, the, the place of dropping into anything that we create from that level of wholeness and of presence naturally becomes a meditation and we don't have to try you know, if we have an empty circle template in front of us and just start to fill it with color, there doesn't have to be any thought. The brain naturally starts to come into coherence. We naturally start to shift our state. And it's an eye-open meditation, which I really love because ultimately life is the walking meditation so that, yeah, if we can bring that presence to anything that we're creating, whether it's a meal or a poem uh, or a sculpture, then ideally that also bleeds into the other 20 some odd hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, so art is a way of discovering our inner life, mm -hmm. you know, bringing that out. And that's what meditation is about as well, right? Discovering inner life. So we can yes. yes, I would say that it's discovering and even now, again, what mystic sages artists uh indigenous people have known forever now science is finally proving that meditation is additionally to know thyself to discover is also a way of creating reality yeah. that we impact reality <clears throat> that we are not just passive uh at you know being done upon at cause, we are actually co-creators that when we use our imagination and our creativity and we start to focus on what it is that we want to see come into that third dimensional form, it is so much more likely. I, I heard a statistic just yesterday that whereas words or affirmation or journaling, which is great, if we write something down that we want to bring into form, we're 80% more uh, likely to see it happen, which is really a big percentage, but but it can take repetition, right? Whereas with using image, the brain, I mean, the fullness of when our brain comes online and our whole brain intelligence, we just need to see something in our imagination once or twice and to match it with that energetic, emotional signature of yes, that, and then it's amazing. It just takes once or twice an 80% chance that it will manifest. So it really requires us to become 
um, responsible and sober about how we're using our minds, how we're using our visualization, how we're using our imagination. And then when we marry that to any form of our creativity, it's like the fast track to creating a life you love by your own design. We're, we're so big on that. At I, that's like at the heart of the I Create Daily brand. Um, it mm -hmm. is about creating daily the work and the art and the whatever creativity we want to bring into the world. And it is about, it is about creating the life we want to have to the choices we make each day. So it's about creating ourselves, creating our day, creating our life our way. Um, so yeah, we're all on board with that. A lot of the people I noticed, like several, you have workshops where you help facilitate the experience of the art and the art meditation, as well as other things you do creative, creatively. A lot of the people that come to your workshops, are they already sort of in this world of, um, just kn already knowing that they're ready to awaken spiritually or are they coming more from the art and creative standpoint and then uh, and then learning the spiritual side like what are the types of people that that engage with your workshops and come to them great question so full spectrum some of my clients are corporate clients that have no interest and have no belief that they even have creativity outside of their uh, business innovation. And so how I'll approach that client is very different. And I'll use that more from the language of um, whole brain intelligence, right? And tapping the creative part of our brain to literally get out of the box and into the circle where there's wholeness. Mm -hmm. And I'll tend to use more of the scientific language of moving from a Newtonian-based reality or paradigm of separation that believes we're matter in a world of matter to the language of the quantum-based reality where it's proven through science that we are energy in a world of energy. And so that as we engage that part of our brain that's unlimited, we are going to tap more innovation and more creativity and the side effect is also that we feel happier, we feel more connected, we feel more gratitude, we feel more peace. So that's one spectrum. And then on the other side is um, women, mostly I love working with women because I feel like the women are the, they're both the roots and the midwives that are taking us to this next uh, transform, that this is transformation that we're amidst, that you can all feel that. So, um, and they often are, uh, incredibly creative in their lives, taking care of children, um, uh, serving their communities. And this is a space with me where their creative life can become nourishing to them, where they are creating space. So often they already are on a spiritual journey. They're already deeply connected to their creative energy. They just haven't made the connection that that's also a place where they can be deeply drinking and nourished. So a lot of the spaces I create for women are where their creativity becomes the fast track to their intuition and to their next steps that they need to take on their evolutionary leaps. And often it's just about creating the space for them to really dive in and have that because they already are, it's all there. It's just about making it a priority. So, and you do this through, you have um, the source consultinggroup.com, which is more your corporate, um, wing yeah yes yes and and it has definitely the corporate look and the corporate feel which it's wonderful that i don't know if you're familiar with eric wall he is an artist um that takes his art in big canvas style on big stages for corporate clients all over the world um and their interest helping their people become more creative mm -hmm. essentially because you know putting creativity back into the corporate environment yeah. where it's been sort of you know um Squashed sterilized <laughs> yeah sterilized it to, to to avoid that in a way the individual freedom especially to be creative individually so uh have you heard of eric eric wall you know Okay, well, we'll link to his, we did an interview with him, but it reminds me of some of what you're probably doing. I know on the, noticed on the sourceconsultinggroup.com, uh, there were some pictures of some of your people skydiving. You know, it's so like you really are bringing in adventure and art and movement and all kinds of things. So, you know, 
when someone contacts you, like whether it's, okay, let me back up on a minute. So we have so many creators in our audience who are interested in passion about a number of different things as you are, as we are. And they also are looking how to synthesize on not only how to make a living from their art or make a more substantial living from their art than they are so that it will sustain them, um, but also how to synthesize the different elements as you have. And I think that we're just on the beginning stages of a world hungrier for that, mm -hmm. uh, including corporate clients. And so I think it's fantastic that you have the vision and the goal of creating um, a facilitator program. I think you, you know, totally should do that. And it just begins with the first with co-facilitator, yeah. you know, co-facilitating what you do and learning and then getting certified to do that because it really is an art to be able to synthesize all the elements in a way that uh, isn't chaotic, but does serve in a co cohesive unfolding fashion for it's your like clients. Putting a piece of art together, like you yeah. first get the seed idea and then to actually put it together, like you have to zoom in and then step out and then zoom in and step out. And it's like this dance of being in the trenches and then flying above it to, to really get the big picture and the detail at the same time. Yeah. So you may have something to say to that, but if you, if you do, then if you would also add to it for our audience, um, give us an idea of how you structure your programs, like about how long they are, uh, what it is your clients come to you looking for, so that you know, if anyone in our audience is interested in doing something similar, then they have an idea about what you've learned already and what you've learned works best and how they might do that as well as, of course, um, you know, we'll, provide the links to contact you should they be interested in learning from you directly. Sure, great. So many juicy questions and topics in there. Uh, I will say first that it's all about relationships. So especially with my husband, who is my partner, and he really heads up <clears throat> the corporate work. And um, he's a master percussionist and he's a master facilitator. So he actually, the most, uh, one of the most powerful of many programs that he does is he can get a drum, a djembe drum in the hands of a group as small as 10, as big as a thousand and wow. facilitate an experience of unity and connection and diversity and weave in their message. So um, that's one area, but then he might also really focus on with a small C-level group on really up-leveling their communication. And what is it for each of us to wake up as leaders of our own lives first, and then to come into deeper, more functional relationship. And so it's really about relationship. And what I'll say to that is that um, to follow like the thread of what we know our innate gifts, because there may be many things that we're passionate about in that diversity of how you put together a program, but what are those real, um, maybe top three to five gifts that feel like every client I work with will want some of this. And so from that point, what we really do, whether it's with my women's groups and retreats or with um, his corporate clients and how he, he weaves magic there, we have the power of that pre-consult. So there's usually, and we work a lot word of mouth because when we form a relationship with someone, when they're touched and their lives are moved and they get that yes of it almost, and I have many of these people in my life that you may too, that it almost doesn't matter what they're sharing. I would show up to be in their presence. Mm -hmm. So when you connect in that way, heart to heart, soul to soul, then the word of mouth becomes its own promotional work. And then you connect with that client and you find out what is, you know, it's a tailor-made consult every time. We don't have any cookie cutter formulas, although we do have some very specific areas where we know that we can contribute and add value. Um, but it's really about who's in front of me, what is their goal, what are their missions, what is the level of, um, in the corporate group, sometimes what brings them to us is breakdown. They know that they've hit a ceiling and that they need a shift. Sometimes it's a culture shift, sometimes it's a communication up level. Um, with the women's groups and retreats, it's often about what is the occasion? Where is the moon and the sun? What are we gathering around? What is moving in the collective field? So a lot of it 
is an intuitive listening. And, and as you said so beautifully, that there is a sense of diving deep into my own inner quiet and silence and receiving what do I most uh, hear is needing to be brought forward for this client. And then also the direct conversation and communication. What do you want your people to get out of this? How do you want to feel when it's done? So the art of the consult, of the pre-consult, is part of what really delivers a just blow the roof off experience for the group that we're being hired to work with. Yeah. And so do you, how much do you, do a lot of corporate clients come to you knowing what they want or is it something like they might come to you with a specific angle that they're looking for and then through I imagine it's a mix of all of it and then through the pre-consultation it's like oh well actually it's these deeper issues at the mm -hmm. core of your company that are creating the this glass ceiling that you guys can't can't reach beyond I'm guessing it's like a mix right yes beautifully beautifully said it is a mix and often what has brought them to us um, is just the tip of the iceberg and then we go we go deeper yeah and, and, and so are they typically day-long programs is that you know a few hours uh, is it a, a several day period what what is the do you have an average structure yes yes we do and uh, again so for the women's work that I do the average structure would be uh, a series, usually a series, say a three-month series, meeting every week or every other week for two hours at a time. And that way it creates a lifestyle change, mm -hmm. right? Not just over the course of one afternoon. That said, there's a real pow a power to a day-long immersion. And so we might spend an entire day or there may, may be a long weekend retreat. Um, and Thursday night through Sunday afternoon. For the corporate work, usually it's a half day or a day long. That's usually as much as they can take off from work. Mm -hmm. Occasionally though, we will structure it so that it's a half day training every three months for a series, right? When there's that sense of how do we give the tools even in a small amount of time where there's not only awarenesses and insights and breakthroughs, but tools for ongoing practice to really create a, a state shift and a behavioral shift. And then we go back and revisit, how's it going? What are the tune-ups? What's coming up? So that's what I would say around that. So um, as you were talking about your husband and the drums, uh, I was imagining, you know, I couldn't even begin to wrap my head around the, the, the uh, coordination, the orchestration of a thousand person drumming circle, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. But then I was also imagining how wonderful it would be yeah. to have well, not only the thousand drumming, but to have a drumming circle in a corporate environment, oh, you know, so where you powerful. have all the stiffness and the, and the, you know, kind of suppression of emotions and a freedom of expression to get out there and just really go wild. But it's like a very masculine art at the same time yeah. too. So yeah, it, it, it can, it can like ease the masculine energy into the creative world yeah. a little bit because it's like banging on drones it's really cool and like i could imagine that it's part therapeutic of like let me just make lots of noise yeah. yes it's it's all of those things it is and it is actually feminine as much as it is masculine we even call the pulse we call it the mother the mother bee that mm. and the power of it is that even though there are moments, and he's so playful and masterful, he gives everyone an opportunity, just go wild, play as loud as you want, whatever you want, but then he brings it back to that pulse, that mother rhythm, that heartbeat, and that when we have a pulse, that is the unifying factor. So it becomes an incredible experience because as you know, uh, rhythm is universal, and that mother pulse of the heartbeat of the drumbeat is universal language. We don't need to speak. In fact, in many of those hour-long uh, group diversity and unifying experiences, he only speaks to the mission and cues everything with his body. And so that said, we're steeping in the, in the rhythm. If there's a unifying pulse, then everyone's voices, the diverse other percussion, the, you know, the incredible, um, the poly voices that happen are beautiful. And yet it's all bound by that one unifying beat. 
and people actually steep in the rhythms. They change our brain waves. They change our heart waves. They get oxytocin going because we're in connection and we're bonding. They get endorphins flooding. So it becomes a beautiful experience for perhaps corporate clients that are sometimes mostly functioning or driving from the analytical mind to come into a saturation of wholeness and connection. That's life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. It's so beautiful because uh, maybe, maybe this would be, I, I want to make sure we come back to your book and talk a little bit about that. But um, since you were talking about um, the connecting and the opening up, it reminded me of how it's a return to childhood. It's a return mm-hmm. to the innocence yeah. of and the freedom um, of, say, children pre-middle school, you know, pre-pubescent, mm-hmm. when it is that they are not yet embarrassed or haven't yet been put upon to not be free to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And yet the, he, in that being oneself lie the, the secrets and the mysteries of who we're here to be. Um, mm-hmm. And so how it's such an important work in the world to restore that because, you know, it's like the long journey, the prodigal son. It's like we've, we're on this long journey away from ourselves in a way, just by virtue of how society is structured right now as a part of its evolution. And now we're, you know, trying to return back to ourselves and discover who that is. And so I think that the work you're doing is so important from that standpoint and is only going to become all the more important, which is why we have an article titled uh, the new renaissance for instance you know the age of the artist is and that's where we are again and that people like you and artists and creators will be leading the way back to mm-hmm. our creative selves for for those who have who are ready to make that journey yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so back to your childhood then um because sort of it seems like you know unless you had a period you know, a dark period, as many of us do, away from that, it seems like you were grew up in an environment that fostered that in you from the beginning, as it, so as if you never departed from that creative self. Is that how it happened for you? I will say that, that every human life has dark periods, and that that's part of the beauty of remembrance, and part of the beauty of awakening. And so I'm grateful for my passages through the dark. They have been good to me. And I'm grateful for the inner light and the anchor to source divine love that has always been there, that has that has been, you know, this, this beautiful cliche actually that we've heard so much of like the light at the end of the tunnel. What I've discovered through my dark passages has been that the light at the end of the tunnel is actually the light inside of me and you and all of us and that it's that light that helps us through those those uh dark nights that everyone i think every life of wholeness and mature soul growth needs those times so um so yes i've had them and again that beauty of i love the sufi perspective of uh, the path of remembrance we forget we remember we forget we remember and it is a time more than ever, I, I, I believe, on our planet to remember in mass and to wake up from the trance and to wake up from the sleepwalking that has become so normalized uh, across the field in the mass consciousness. So I'm excited about this time in, in, um, on our planet because for me and for you, I suppose, and many of us who are artists, creative, light workers, it's go time. So on that level, from an early age, I feel like I always knew I'm on this planet for a very specific mission. I'm in the process of finding out what that is, but it is really about the transformation of consciousness and it's about love. And so that love was a constancy. I grew up in a family with a mama and a papa who loved me dearly, no matter what they were going through, no matter what the many challenges of a human life can and will be, there was always love. And I give thanks for the grace that um, had me anchor to that at an early age. So on that level, yes, love has always been like, that's my jam. It's my source. It's for me, I believe it's all of us. It's what we are. It's our native state is that uh, beautiful supreme love. Um, And so that's been the common thread for sure. 
that has guided me through the last 50 years. You said that you were basically born a mystic um, and then you anchored that around age 11. So um, was, that a, a, was that an outer experience that you were able to share with your parents or was the unifier love, but they didn't have the same inner perspective and a universal wisdom mm -hmm. perspective that you brought in with you? Beautiful question. Uh, I believe all of us are mystics and that the mystical aspect of our being is, we can call it in most simple terms, that unlimited part of our nature. We have this limited part, this persona, you know, many identities that even happen in one life, but we have an unlimited mystical part of our being that in our deepest hearts, in whatever way that we bow down and kiss the earth and understand the divine within, um, there is an infinite eternal life and miracle and mystery. And that's always been uh, my driver and my most intimate. At about the age of 11 is when I really started to look out into the world and see that not everyone saw what I saw. So that up until then, I think that the, the kind of protective field of early childhood and the naturalness of the imaginary realm probably kept me from really seeing and communicating in a way that I, I didn't get the feedback, you're different from everyone else. But at about the age of 11, I really got like, wow, not everyone sees spirits. Not everyone is comfortable with the way that I track multiple dimensions. Not everyone is having these lucid dreaming experiences or waking up with spirit beings who are very kind and loving and safe beside them. Not everyone communicates with what feels like eight story angelic beings. And so it was at that age that my loyalty really went to the divine. And where I got, this may not be the way everyone is seeing it. This may be invalidated by everyone around me. It wasn't until my 20s and 30s that I started to have mentors or uh, other people who would validate this experience, but to self-validate and to know that what I felt in terms of the love, the trust, the safety, the vibration, the home in these realms was where my loyalty would go. And so that's where the just felt like, all right, no matter what I encounter, I, I know where I rest my head at night. Did you struggle with that as a teen um, to fit in? Did you go through any of that as a teen? As a teen, interestingly enough, um, I became at a very early age, I was reading tarot and oracle cards. I was um, being called on for intuitive readings. So at a very early age, I became more of the, the guide, of the metaphysical guide. And so I didn't struggle uh, with that at all. Though in, in my evolution, I reached a point as a professional where I got, I'm not serving people by being their metaphysical uh, intuitive. I need to turn people on to light this up inside them. Everyone has it. Every single one of us is intuitive, is, is able to light up and tap these realms. You don't need me or anyone outside of you to do it. So that was a, a turning point that I actually struggled more with when I stopped being that for other people. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, was it a identity thing? Like just the um, identity, identity around being the spark versus letting other people discover was it that shift like what about the shift was harder mm. that's such a great question um uh, and i think how i'll answer it is because that was just one of many of what i'll call identity deaths you know the sense of die before you die over and over again that um, there have been several times in my life where I woke up to my personality and my identity is not who I am. That there's something much deeper and the intentional 
putting of that um, egoic mask into the fire and letting it burn to smithereens and asking the deeper question, turning inside and saying, who am I really? And who am I now? And how am I being asked to serve now? And I love that uh, artists and creatives have more facility, I think, to be able to keep reinventing ourselves, right? Because this self that, I mean, now the, the, the prayer is that in our evolution, that the innermost soul starts to come out and is the face of the persona. So that's, I think, the authenticity um, that we grow into if, if that's our intention and prayer, um, but that there's been many sheddings of old forms that no longer fit. And at one point, one of the sheddings of an old form was, I don't want to be anyone psychic. I want to turn people on to be their own deepest, intuitive, intimate, direct line to source. Um, so like in any shedding, there's going to be a time that feels uncomfortable and unknown and some friendships will fall away because we're not being who we used to be for them anymore. Others will rise. So over time, just becoming comfortable with that. But I think the most challenging part was uh, starting to become comfortable with the, the power of, of, of death and rebirth. That's that's very poignant and um i remember hearing you say in another interview um that you greet each day sort of with adventure of what this day will become you know i mean after all we haven't met this day before and you know that ties in also with uh hearing just recently Sadhguru, uh, as he is known on impact theory in, a, in with tom bilyeu in an interview and uh, Sadhguru said that basically the moment we have a belief then we have constricted consciousness mm -hmm. to that the identification with that belief mm -hmm. and so it's the same with you know our identities as we are growing in life from you know like if i'm a mom and that's who i am then mm -hmm. who then i've confined myself to who i might be beyond that and whatever the title or if i'm a nurse and and suddenly i can't be a nurse then who am i um and then i just saw a meme also and it all ties together that something like um if you feel lost and confused, that's perfect because you've never been here. That means you're growing. Mm -hmm. If you're because if yeah. we're growing, we've never been in that place before. Yeah. And so that's as it's supposed to be. It just reminded me of, of all that you just described. Like a phoenix. Yeah, constant rebirth. Yeah, constantly re rebirthing. Um, and that reminds us that brings us back to speaking of which it's a perfect time to talk about your book. I love that it was inspired by Dr. Joe Dispenza amongst others. So if you could share a little bit about your Dr. Joe experience, we love him, we share his work and quotes a lot. Um, and then, in, oh wait, oh my gosh, there's a deer. There is a deer right in our yard. I don't know if we can, we're gonna take a photo. It's like a doe. <laughs> yeah, let's see if I can, I'm gonna try and turn this Wow. Let's see. I don't know if you can it's, see. You know, are you seeing a deer? Let's see. You are it's right behind me. And now I'm seeing your yard. I'm not, I'm seeing trees. I can't yeah, make out the deer, but I love that it's there. It's moving now. I don't know if I have it in the right. Yeah, it's there. It's moving. Oh, that's well, so that's cool. A, that's Just a grazing. Moment. That's a very sweet normally they wouldn't come up if we're out here so that was like special oops sorry i made a noise it might scare it it's just enjoying our conversation and eating breakfast yeah that was wonderful um so let's back, anyway yeah back to so we want to hear about your experience no. with dr joe and then yeah more about your journal beautiful so um whereas the practices of artist meditation and creativity and all that's in the journal has been what I've been practicing for decades. When I started to do my intensive studies with Dr. Joe, I've been to about eight retreats with him now and just love, love, love what he has brought to us in terms of um, not only blessing and permission, but the formula for how we start to live by quantum laws. Mm -hmm. And so I would be 
Sorry, the dogs are barking at the deer. All right, so we left off talking about Dr. Joe experience and your book. And just to set one second, sorry to interrupt before, uh, so apologies to those on audio when we got distracted by the deer and you know were silent for a moment as we were trying to get the visual. So I just realized that that would have been an awkward audio only moment <laughs> showing uh, the woods, trying to show the view of the woods. So, but back to you and Dr. Joe Gabriela. Great, thank you. Thank you, and I love that we are visited by Dear Medicine. It's kindness and gentleness and beauty and grace. And uh, so in the Dr. Joe events, amazing retreats, which I highly recommend, I was just uh, so inundated with inspiration and was receiving so many downloads, for lack of a better word, as energy was becoming liberated through the work we were doing, the meditations, the, the mind-blowing, you know, it's a paradigm shift, what he offers us in terms of really moving from that uh, fixed, measured, defined, judgmental part of our brain as the driver to moving into the infinite, the space, the heart-brain coherence as the place from where to design and dwell and create. So all of this was such a was such a beautiful articulation of what has felt like a missing link in so much work where it's like the esoteric and the mysterious, though I still bow to it. He's put in a, uh, a missing puzzle piece for me that, that really shows us, he gives the formula for how to create reality. And of course it requires a lot of deprogramming and unlearning as well, but that's part of the adventure. So being in his retreats, the way that I processed the information was to have my journals and make my mandalas and bring in the, the notes that felt like they were bright and glowing. And this became the way that I was processing his work in retreat. And then when I would come home from the retreats, so elevated, so expanded, I just had the immediate uh, inquiry of how do I make this into daily life? How do I take these practices how do I take this information? How does one live by quantum laws? How do you take that retreat high expansion and then come home and walk it forward into the meditation of daily life? And that's how the book was born. Uh, first doing it for myself, then trying it on hundreds of clients and women's groups, and then saying, okay, let's put this into a journal so that it's a workbook, a playbook that begins with a set of practices, activities, touchstones, possibilities, but then really becomes a way of life that someone can walk themselves through within even three months if they touch it every day, six months to a year if they touch it less than that, but it becomes a, a lifestyle where we are creatively engaged in a dynamic, intimate relationship with the mystery, with the creative force of life through our own living and being. Beautiful, wonderful. And it's really a beautiful book and journal and cover, um, very well thought out. Not only that, but from our experience of making and creating journals um, with 13 published, just looking at your uh, the journal entry pages where each activity uh, and or, you know, like, reflection and act to a page for reference. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of, oh, yeah. you know, tedious editing and yeah, and flipping back and forth and making sure, you know, after it's gone through the, the edits and the graphic designer and the layout to make sure that those page numbers are still the right page numbers, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it took a lot of work, in other words. You know, it, it did. And also I, I have to, I have to say that there's many who are far more meticulous than I. And I really just spread it all out in front of me and just said, okay, Divine, what, what journal do you want to make through me? And then I focused more on getting it out the door than I did on getting it, you know, just right. So it's, it's, a, it's a moment. It's a moment in my creative life and I love it and want to share the process with as many people as possible, but I don't have any sense of attachment or identity to it being something you know spectacular i feel like we are each spectacular yeah. and we're infinite creators 
Yeah. And that's like the perfect metaphor for our lives, right? Yeah. We don't like walk out the door of the day and be like, it's got to be perfect by the script. <laughs> you know, like things happen through the day. And that's just like, that's, it's so amazing that like creating just reflects that for the most part. It's just like, yeah. all the mistakes it's just all there yeah like some the of the, good, or, the bad. organic fruits and vegetables yeah. are not necessarily the most beautiful and yet they're the best for us yeah right right and then i know uh, in your garden you know it as well that sometimes volunteers come up that i didn't even know were planted yeah and in the quantum and quantum creating it is uh, it requires that beautiful marriage of intention and then surrender and not being attached to outcome and that in the quantum when it will happen and just how it will happen is always unpredictable and unexpected by nature of it otherwise we'd be back in the newtonian analytical mind that is measuring and defined and exacting and and that's actually not at all where the fun the joy and the adventure is uh, so I really love that about this. And it's a state, it's not just a state shift, but it's a worldview shift to live in this way. Um, and I feel like this is where the freedom is and that this is also where the, the joyful wonder that children know um, and, and then get conditioned out of, right? But that this is where the wonder and magic of life is and the not knowing in yeah. the adventure. In the, for the creative um, in the creator's journey, uh, we often use the quote that it is in the journey that the way becomes more clear. So it is a balancing of creating without over planning and yet planning enough and doing the work enough that we can discover what's in the journey to be discovered and, and created. Yes, yes, a sense of form and freedom. Form and freedom. That's a great. So yeah, could you, you know, bring this to a close for us? And, I, and if you have another minute, sorry to keep you long. But on that topic, thank you. So on that topic, since you're steeped in quantum physics and creating your day and manifestation at the same time, steeped in freedom, uh, the creative, the creator's freedom, as it were, yeah. uh, to allow your journey to unfold. Are there any parting thoughts you have of wisdom on how it is to balance those two in our daily lives as creators? Beautiful. Yes, I would say an important piece about balancing it is to stay connected to the emotional feeling state of how I want to feel, of how I want to feel in what it is that I'm looking to design, create, um, because it's the marriage, it's the electromagnetic signature, right? It's not just I put out images into the world, but I don't have any emotional content to it. And it's not just, I put out the emotion into the world, but I don't give it the form of the image. So it's marrying those so that in whatever it is, whether it's creating a day or creating a project, but I'll just leave it in the context of our daily lives, that to wake up into the day and flood our fields with gratitude, to open our eyes, and maybe even be connected to a thread from the dream time that's bringing some sense of message or wisdom or guidance. And then to start flooding our awareness. The moment I open my eyes with, I'm so grateful and another day and the beauty of the trees outside and the feel of the sheets on my skin and my vital happy body that's, that's healthy today, the dogs that are so cute, whatever it is, right? And so that the moment we wake up into the day, we're already in, in, a signature of gratitude, which is an elevated state, a high frequency, and is much more likely to keep us in that flow state or zone state. And then to have some clarity about how do I want my day to go? What are maybe the specific pieces I know I need to do? Where can I leave some space in here for, uh, for magic, creativity, synchronicity that's unplanned? How do I want to feel through the day? You know, so that I, I love that in the journal, instead of to-do lists, which I, I actually have goal lists, but they're called source creations because they're being informed by a, a deeper place than just our daily agenda goals. But then instead of a to-do list, there's a to-be list. Mm. So that if I want to be joyful, I want to meet whatever arises with an open heart. I want to stay goofy and playful and remember to laugh so that if we can just take a moment to feel into what would that feel like? as I'm moving through my day, and that then we walk into the day, we're much more likely to create a day where we are right in that sweet spot, 
Um, and so that's just one example about how to be intentional with the form and the freedom to have the vision, to take the inspired, empowered action, and then to be willing to let it go and surrender. Because I know over and over that what the source or the quantum field has in store for us is always more glorious than anything that the little minds can come up with. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Um, well, that's wonderful. And people can, we'll link um, to your book on Amazon as well as to your website, gabriellamasala.com. Um, and thank you so much for sh sharing your wisdom, your love, your creativity with us and our audience. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're both so beautiful. I love you. Feel free to stay in touch. Thriving. Thank Definitely. you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.